So they may measure number of uh, client meetings and set a weekly goal. And somebody has to own that number. It doesn't mean that that's the person who has to go do 10 meetings. It could be a sales team of five people. But we're going to look into the eyes of that person when that, on the leadership team when that number isn't met each week and have a discussion about what went sideways. This week on the podcast, we have Connie Schwen. She is an EOS implementer first and foremost, but she talks about how her business um, has helped her in the past, uh, how to create goals for the future looking forward, and then also just goes through a, a few different EOS concepts. All right, we'll jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Connie. I am very excited to have you here today. Connie Schwan is with us and she is an EOS implementer. Do you want to give us a little bit of a better understanding of how you got involved in what you do now and then who you serve currently? About actually 13 years ago, I hired an EOS implementer at my last company. I was walking around my company and my leadership team just kept rolling their eyes at me going, oh, she'll go away at some point. Because I, I, I knew I wanted something, but I didn't know what I wanted. I, it, I, I felt unsettled. We were successful. That it wasn't like we were dying on the vine or anything. And we had this great team. But something just didn't feel right. And I was invited by a local business friend to a, a workshop that was to be presented by a gentleman named Mike Payton, all about EOS. And I thought, okay, what's EOS? So I looked up EOS, found their website and was reading it going, oh my gosh, this is what I'm looking for. So I signed myself up and my CFO to go unbeknownst to her. And, and this was a person who didn't like going to big meetings. And I knew she would be so thrilled that I had signed her up. And I announced that on like Monday morning. Hey, guess what we're doing in three weeks? <laughs> Turned out she, she was so excited. It was awesome. But yeah, I, that was being sarcastic. She rolled her eyes at me. So, but as life would happen, I had an opportunity to do something else that morning. I was requested to be someplace else. And so I sent her by herself, met, made her even more happy. But she came back from this meeting so excited and lots of pages of notes. And she said, get this guy in here. You have to meet him. Now I get what you're looking for. So we hired an implementer. It's about a two-year process. And then I ran the company on EOS for another five years after that. And in that period of seven years, Peyton said to me, if you ever get tired of doing what you're doing, call me. I think you'd be a great implementer. Mm -hmm. So seven years ago, when I closed my company and thought, what's next? I decided I would explore becoming an implementer. And I come from the time when Gina Wickman, who wrote Traction, which is what EOS is based on, hand-selected everybody that went through his boot camp. Mm -hmm. And so I was accepted into boot camp, and I've been doing this for almost seven years now and having the time of my life. Awesome. Awesome. What were some of those things when you were in your organization that you were looking for? What, what were some of those pain points that you were just like trying to get over and over? And I'm sure that a flavor of the month occasionally came in and you tried it and it didn't work. What were, yep, exactly. what did EOS solve for you that um, you've um, been looking for so long? We had never done anything like discovered our core values. And, and that's one of the foundational exercises in EOS as we help companies implement it is to, and core values are discovered. They're not something that you get five staff together and put it, lock them in a conference room with, you know, a bottle of water and a sleeve of saltines and tell them to come up with a list. <laughs> they come from the yeah. leadership at the top because core values are, it's your culture, it's who you are as a people. And interestingly, when we went through, but I didn't know that at the time, I just felt 
unsettled. It just didn't feel right. I felt one of the things we talked with our clients about is this concept of hitting the ceiling. It doesn't feel good. You, you don't know what's wrong. As I say, it's not as though we were not doing good work and we were growing and our customers liked us and we liked them and we liked each other. Yeah. It just felt, I kept walking around saying, we have to do something different, but I don't know what the different is. Yeah. Once I understood what the six key components of a business is, I could see where we weren't necessarily super strong. Yeah, so absolutely. a great example is we have a data component that we teach. Um, and what we, when we teach that, we help our clients identify the activities they do each week to get the results that they want and then to measure those every single week. We did what every one of my clients do. I would walk in and look at my marketing guy going, how are we doing? He'd go, oh, boss, we're on it. Oh, yeah, we're at 110% of effort here. And I go, oh, okay, what does that tell you? <laughs> okay, yeah. I was, as a CEO of a company, I was just as guilty of running on emotions and not hardcore data. And there's just yeah. a million of those kinds of examples that we did. And, and interestingly, when we discovered our core values, we had some people leave our company mm. because once they understood what it meant to work with us, not for us, but with us, they knew they weren't that person. Yeah. Uh, we absolutely. see that happen all the time. And one of those people was on my leadership team. Um, that's hard. For 19 years. Yeah, that's really yeah, hard. And, and I'm sure a weird transition too. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 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 Interesting. I, I really like what you said about people were just like flying on their emotions and not hard data. What does, what do your clients feel after that or during that process of let's get to the hard data, let's try and figure this out. Is it oftentimes like a five-step hurdle process where they start it and then it's it okay. And then they realize that we need to dive deeper into it. What are some of those things that they're feeling during that? And how do you sure. help them get through that? One of the things that I, we all do this, not just me, but one of the things I always tell every single client when I first meet with them is that implementing EOS is a journey. Mm -hmm. And there's never going to be a day where you suddenly wake up and go, aha, we're running on EOS. <laughs> it's, yeah. We're going to ask you to do a lot of things that may sound really silly, that a client may look at going, why does she want us to do this? But it's that repetitiveness and, and you get to a point where you, you clearly understand that we're running our company on EOS. And so when it comes to the tool for measuring, getting strong, the data component is called the scorecard. And what we've been taught in business all our lives is to measure lagging numbers. You know, look at the end of the month. Did we hit our sales goal? Did we have mm -hmm. um, a profit or whatever your measurables are? Okay. The problem with that is it's now the end of the month and what can you do about it? Nothing. And yeah. so now you're going to wait another month to see if you hit your sales goal. So instead, and, and I always use sales as a, an example because every company grabs onto this one really quick. If yeah. they know yeah. that they need to um, have 10 client meetings a week to close a deal, then that's what they should measure. That's a leading indicator. It's, a, it's an activity-based number. And so they may measure number of uh, client meetings and set a, a weekly goal. And somebody has to own that number. 
It doesn't mean that that's the person who has to go do 10 meetings. It could be a sales team of five people, but we're going to look into the eyes of that person when that on the leadership team, when that number isn't met each week and have a discussion about what went sideways. Okay. Yeah. It might be, we have to do three proposals a week. We have to, there's just a variety of steps. We actually have a tool that's called getting what you want. And we, we have you decide, what do I want? And maybe it's 10 new clients a month. What do I have to do to get there? And just keep coming back to all the steps you go through and those become your measurables. Yeah. Most clients Absolutely. need a good three to six months before they're really in love with their scorecard. Again, we're changing corporate behavior and we're not, we're asking you to look at the leading indicators of what creates the healthier company. Because the scorecard yeah. really is a snapshot of how strong your company is right now today. And so yeah. if you miss a number, it's not, it's not about accusing anybody of anything. It's not about beating anybody up, but it's about a leadership team going, okay, what happened? And what can we do this week to get ourselves back on track? Because if, if you fell off track for a week, maybe there was a good reason. It was Thanksgiving week. We were closed two days. We should be excited that, that we even yeah. did eight proposals. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. But, and then so you wouldn't spend time worrying about that. But if you were supposed to do 10 and you did two and the next week you did one, wait a minute, what, where's our issue here? How do we fix this? It's about making everybody stronger and better. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes it human too. I think that's another big part of this is leadership team being able to say, okay, what actually happened here versus you're in trouble. I think oftentimes yeah. when we think of business, it's these deadlines with harsh realities, but in reality it is very forgiving and open and honest and transparent. Right. And then also constant feedback. I think that's part of the process that you're teaching that Absolutely. is fantastic. Um, and well, we're, on the grand scheme of things, we're teaching leadership teams to trust each other. Yeah. And interestingly, the minute I bring that up, they go, oh no, we trust each other. Trust from our perspective is very different than trusting that if I'm late for a meeting, you'll hop on the meeting and, and start it up for me. Trust is knowing that I can say to my colleague on the leadership team, Elmer, I don't, I, when this happens, it seems to me that you're doing X and how can we help you get better at that? That's trust because Elmer then looks at me and goes, oh, I didn't realize that. Connie, yes, here's my issue. Here's what I'm struggling with. What can I do to get better? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, because it's not a personal attack, it's helping each other get stronger. We, we talk about trust from the standpoint of having everybody aligned um, and all on the same page. So there's no opportunity for gaps and, and for dishonesty and infighting and, and all that stuff that can happen in a company. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of those hurdles that they need to get over to get to that trust that they need to have? Or they, what does that look like? How long is the process? Is it, it's very unique for every year company, I'm sure, because oh, we all sure. go at different paces, but um, yeah, what yeah. are some of those things that they really, those soft things that they really need to grasp onto and <laughs> start becoming better? And so actually, we, we start working on trust the very first session. We work with our clients, I'm back up just for a moment here. We work with our clients five days a year across two years, and then we want them to graduate we, because I'm not bringing them answers. They've got the answers. I'm bringing them a set of tools they can use 
and, and I'm facilitating, teaching the context, facilitating the answers into the tools. And we really are starting on day one, which is called Focus Day, because on that day, we help, one of the things we help them do is create what we call rocks for the next 90 days. A rock is a priority. You know, most of us set goals and then we, the goal sits for 10 months and then we pull it out of the drawer and we go, oh. <laughs> that was there. <laughs> oh yeah, that was a great idea. <laughs> but, but if we, so we create this 90 day world where we come together, review the vision, make sure that we're all on the same page, identify our priorities. So that if we're going to hit this goal, what are we, what's critical for us to do these next 90 days? That mm -hmm. right then and there starts establishing trust. Because to you, and we're going to look to each other on the leadership team and go, here's our, okay, here's a whole list of things that are critical. And we always talk in the terms of three to seven rocks, hopefully closer to three than seven. And my, my record is I had a, a team come up with 76 critical items for the next 90 days. <laughs> and I went, guess what, guys? You can't get all this done. We're human. <laughs> <laughs> That's not yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no <laughs> they were like oh you kind of you just don't know us yet no i know but you, you can't be. we're gonna get this down to seven tops but it takes trust and it takes being willing to be open and be vulnerable and have a leadership team member look to somebody else and go connie really you think that's critical how come why do you think that's critical he's starting that on day one and every day that we work together, those five days in a year, we get closer and closer to the team being able to look at each other without me prompting them and saying, yeah. whoa, why is that critical for us? Or why haven't we solved this issue or whatever else is going on in the discussion? Does that make yeah, sense? Absolutely. 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 And I think that's a really important distinction um, for people who are thinking about doing EOS. It's making those priorities quickly, but then also having a questioning mindset to be able to support your other colleagues and decide right. what's um, yeah. extremely valuable in these next 90 days sure. um, versus what's valuable in the next three years. It's very right. different. Right. Um, and it's also a respect thing. The, the one that's valuable three years down, we don't want to lose them. We have a place on one of their documents where they like, call it parking it. They can put it on a list because we don't want to forget it. But this may not be the quarter to work on that. Yeah. What I often use with a company is, let's say in two years, your lease is up in your building and you're thinking about um, maybe buying a building, whether it's this one or another one. Yeah. You probably don't need to worry about that in the next 90 days. But let's put it on your list of your issues list because it's an opportunity that may you want, might want to explore eight months from now or six months from now. And we don't mm -hmm. want to forget it. Yeah, absolutely. It keeps it in the back of your mind, but still... You still, and it, also the other thing too is if you completed your rocks, you could start looking at your building or whatever other things that you might need to complete that are important. But yeah, we, what, we encourage what are your thoughts on that? Rocks in the middle of a quarter, mm. Mm. um, a okay, <laughs> take all 90 days, yeah, okay? but but it's going to take more than a week. And if you're and early on, when people write rocks, they write real simple ones, and I don't mean that critically, they're learning. Um, yeah. And so they often write rocks that you know they're done in six weeks, and they're totally, and they'll they'll email me. Should I write a new one? Like write a new one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't add to the list. Yeah, absolutely. What? So then the rocks are supposed to take the whole ninety days. Then you said no, they don't have to take ninety days. Okay. 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 Um, 
they, they might happen, it might get done in 48 days or 60 days. Or, yeah. Okay? But you've got 90 days to get it done. It, it gives you a little wiggle room because stuff comes up that we cannot predict. Yeah. Who would have predicted we were going to shut down the state of Ohio mm -hmm. for you know, three months? <laughs> no one. <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so if all of so one of my clients is a is a, uh, a nonprofit a school K through eight. Hmm. They their target market are kids in the central Ohio who are whose families are at or below the poverty level. Hmm. And so we were having a quarterly session on a Friday, and that Monday Ohio closed all schools. And so they oh. had to talk about all of a sudden having to figure out how to do it online and et cetera. And they were glad they had that wiggle room in their 90-day world because, again, nobody could predict that the schools in Ohio were going to shut down for the rest of the year, basically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That That's important. I, I guess I'd never really thought about it like that in terms of having that amount of wiggle room to be able to deal with large, either large or small things that might come up. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And wiggle room is probably not a good term. <laughs> My colleagues would probably raise their <laughs> eyebrows if they heard me use that. But if you've got something and you think I can get this done in 90 days and you get it done in 84, okay. I teach my clients, once you know what your rock is, you need to go back and back to your office HQ here, do a little project planning. Think about yeah. what can I get done this week and next week and, and look at your schedule, et cetera. And, and so if there was something you were going to do next week and all of a sudden some big monster boulder comes rolling down the hill at you and you have mm -hmm. to stop what you're doing and pivot, then it's okay to maybe move your rock out another, you know, that next step in your rock out another week. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's allowing you once again to be human. Like I said before, yeah. it's, um, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, not dealing with, and it's not dealing with perfect, but it's dealing with, um, quick and feedback oriented right. concepts and yeah, being able to be a better organization for not only the world, but for yourself. Absolutely. Right. I wanted to touch on, you mentioned that when you're implementing this, we talked about that trust thing and you said when we're implementing this, it might seem a little bit silly. Some of the things that people are doing during this initial implementation. What are some of those silly things that um, people might be like, what are, why are we doing this? Why do we need to do this? So where I hear that the most from the, you know, client feedback and sometimes pushback, yeah. one of the things we teach people as for the leadership team to have a 90 minute meeting every week to work on their business. They take mm -hmm. the pulse of the company, they know what's happening and they solve issues. And it's called a level 10 meeting. And that meeting has five characteristics. It's the same day. It's at the same time. It starts on time. It ends on time. And it's the same agenda. And invariably, I've had many a person, not necessarily the entire team, but at least somebody on the team go, really? It's got to be at the yeah. same time? Why? <laughs> They're like, what? who cares? Who cares is, because so what happens in many companies, not that I ever did this, of course, but what happens in many companies is the leadership team says, yeah, we're going to meet Mondays at uh, 8.30. And at 8.15, somebody says, hey, can we start at 8.45? Because I've really got to take this important call. 
And yeah. then 845 comes and that person's still on the phone. Everybody's sitting in the conference room twiddling their thumbs. And then somebody goes, oh gosh, I was supposed to email somebody. Well, Ralph's still on the call. I'm going to go send an email. And now before you know it, it's, it's 930 and we still haven't started. And, what, yeah. and so then we, we, and the agenda gets set during the start of the meeting. What do we want to talk about today? That's not real focused. And what often happens, and it's not uncommon in that scenario for the sales team and whoever represents sales on a leadership team to not set any appointments on Mondays, let's say, because yeah. they have no clue when they're going to be available. Okay. Yeah, so they've absolutely. not made good use of their time. And so by setting a day and a time and starting in time and ending on time, everybody knows what the expectation is. Yeah. And by having a set agenda, the, the agenda are the topics, and it's standard for every, we teach the same exact agenda for every one of our clients. Everybody coming into the meeting knows what to expect. And so there's things that have come up during the week that go, oh, I got to share this with the team. They know where that's going to go on the agenda. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And so yeah, I've had people go, really? We, and, and, I, and when I teach that level 10 meeting uh, tool, I make them sit there and go, pull out your scheduler. Tell me what day you're going to meet, what time you're going to meet, and who's going to facilitate the meeting, and who's going to bring the yeah. paperwork. And invariably, everybody comes back after a few weeks going, love level 10 meetings. Yeah. Because they they know it starts at nine. We're done at 1030. People can plan their day. They actually get through an agenda and they solve issues and they're now ready to go attack their week. And so, yeah, it, it, it sounds silly to be in the same agenda. We've, again, as business people, we were never taught that. We never yeah. approached, most of us never approach it from that way. I'm sure there's somebody yeah. out there that came up with the concept of having a set agenda, but... <laughs> But that's not something that happened, you know. But it's not normal. It's not, yeah. yeah it's absolutely. Not yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that you went through that, especially that time thing. I, I totally see where you're coming from with the, do we really need to do this again? And it does get yeah. pushed back. And when you set it as a priority, that's really important and valuable. And right. um, that also shows that you uh, are putting time into this and a feel that it's valuable and I, that's really important to spread the rest of your organization, especially if you're going to be moving EOS down into the rest of the organization eventually. Right. It shows yes. initial leadership and yep. Yep. Um, that's in building trust and having constant feedback. I, I think it yes. rolls into everything that yes, you eventually will do. Yeah, that's extremely yeah. important. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Connie, if people want um, to use you as an EOS implementer or just get in touch with you just to talk about EOS or business or whatever it may be, how can they come in contact with you? So there's a couple of ways. My website is www.pure and then a hyphen direction.com. Pure direction is always hyphenated for me. And there's a contact form on that website that they can just reach out. They can find me on LinkedIn, reach out through LinkedIn. My email is Connie at pure-direction.com. I am always available to just chat. One of my core values is to help first. And so I many times will um, spend an hour on a phone or on a Zoom call or over a cup of coffee with someone just chatting about what's going on in the company, what they're looking for. And, and I do that very willingly and don't expect anything out of it. There's no obligation. Every, before we work with a, a leadership team, 
we do what we call a 90 minute meeting. It's 90 minutes for me to show a leadership team what it looks like when a company runs on EOS to walk them through the process so they know if they were to engage with me or any other implementer, we're going to go through the mm-hmm. exact same process every time. They know what they're getting. Yeah. There's no question. We actually show them the agendas for all of our sessions together across the two years. And I actually teach them how to use one of the, our favorite tools, the Vision Traction Organizer. So even if they never work with me or anybody else, they've got this great tool they can use. And again, there's no obligation and it's, it's an opportunity for me to meet them, find out what their challenges are. EOS is hard work. Implementing EOS is hard work. I say that to every single prospective customer and most folks come back to me at some point and go, you were right. This, we work hard in our session days. Um, This is not simple. And um, so I am always open to a great conversation with somebody, some of the coolest people in the world. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure that you do. I'm sure yeah. that you do. If they're if they're trying to implement EOS, then they are really working towards being a better organization, better people. Absolutely. And and sure. it's hard work, but it shows it in the end. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I offer a variety of ways to achieve that, and everything gets tailored to the individual client. Awesome, cool. Thank you so much, Connie, for joining us today. This was a lot of fun to hear about your past and uh, <laughs> learn how you help people a bit more and. Yeah, thank you so much. I've appreciated that. Thank you. Honored that you would have me. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.